Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's playoff time, and you know what that means: big stakes and even bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. Want to know the best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings' free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 52, as Andy and I are back talking a little bit about the New York Rangers and the Stanley Cup playoffs as the East and West Conference Finals are set, and uh, I guess it's really not the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, it's just the Conference Finals, but uh, first I gotta ask Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, I just chopped off all of my hair that I had grown what? out yeah during the pandemic are you kidding uh, you me? know how I, short is it the f- it's not it's short it's i mean i just left real short at like two or three buzzed on the sides in the, in the back of the sides and i just left a little bit of length up top to you know just to comb it over Whoa. do a little I texture need see, i need to see a picture here i'll, I'll send you i'll text you a picture uh, when we're done recording this episode, but yeah, oh I listen. God. The flow. I loved having the flow while I had it. You know, it was it, it was never intentional to grow my hair out that long. It's just during the pandemic, obviously, couldn't get haircuts. Uh, and then even when it was safe to do so, at first I was a little tentative. I'm like, I don't know. And then I reached out to my uh, 
regular barber only to find that they had, uh, unfortunately with the pandemic that he had moved home to the Carolinas or whatever. So then I didn't have a barber. And then I was looking at places near me and you know, it's like, you're always, you're never really comfortable going to a new place. You don't know how to come out. And with the pandemic, it was oh, almost yeah. like, yeah, it was just kind of just whatever. It, it just, I wasn't seeing anyone really. And then you have, when you are, you have the mask on anyway. So it's just, it wasn't really being sociable. And then before I knew it, my hair would, had gotten pretty long. So I just started being like, huh, like I, I hadn't had long hair since I was, you know, in almost high school, but I, I it got to a point, it never been longer than it was. So, you know, I enjoyed having the flow at times, but now I'm reentering society. And as it gets hotter here, it was getting even more needed more washings and, you know, you get greasy and it gets in your face a lot. And I cannot believe yeah, you really be... cut your hair. That's unbelievable. And like, yeah. you always had like, you would let it grow out a little bit. And then, yeah. you know, it was always very styled. Like it was very clean. And, you know, during the pandemic, you let it go. And like, it's one of those things because I've had long hair before. And it's oh, I've, always, seen the, I've seen the pictures. Yeah. It's just a process of whether or not you really want to cut it because you want to the entire time. But you're yes. like, I just put in all this work to kind of grow it out. Do I really just want to chop it all in? you know, just because of the, uh, what I'm feeling that day, you know, whether it be, um, it's too hot, it's a pain to clean, it's a process to dry after a shower. It's just, uh, yeah, uh, man, this is like a, a monumental moment here for the, for the podcast. <laughs> Cutting is <laughs> that COVID just kind of shows that not much, not much going on in Rangers, uh, town right now that this was big, uh, uh the biggest thing that happened on this podcast in a while. Although yeah, other big I things happen, we'll talk about today. I am closing on a house on Tuesday. Oh, well, that's even bigger. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. So our internet uh, issues and just uh, podcasting, it will just be a little bit easier now, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it should be, uh, I don't know, it should be good. Just uh, wish me luck on Tuesday because I'm sure whatever could go wrong will go wrong up to uh, the point I signed the paper. So <laughs> as, as it is waiting to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to get into, I guess, a little bit of New York Rangers. Uh, news. The only real news that's actually worthy of uh, talking about is, you know, Adam Fox, to no surprise, is a Norris Trophy finalist. Uh, what were your thoughts initially seeing it? And, uh, you know, how confident are you going into, uh, you know, the finals voting? I mean, it's obviously well-deserved. I, as the season went on, you kind of got the sense that, especially now, I think more as the uh, pro hockey writers uh, association as you know who get the vote who vote on these things as they get younger uh yeah i think it's gotten a little bit more progressive in terms of you know him and kale mccarr being two two out of the three finalists is pretty unprecedented being two players in their first two or three seasons in the league it's pretty pretty wild you know um had been obviously being the, the stalwart and listen, I think everyone thinks, and I, obviously there's a lot of controversy there because Victor Hedman, Hedman did not have a very good season by his own standards. He even said as much. He said, this has not been a good season for me. And yet he gets voted. He was, he was very good the first month and a half of the season. And then uh, his game just kind of, uh, whether it's an injury or just whatever was going on, it just trailed off, you know, and he just had a rough, had a pretty rough middle to end stretch and never really got found his footing again so who knows if he's nursing injury but yeah even by his own admission he wasn't having a good season <laughs> so but the this award the norris has traditionally been a more of a lifetime achievement award and it's almost like 
I think you know everyone had jumped earlier on when there was the early with the early buzz for Adam Fox to potentially get a Norris vote. I forget who it was. It was someone in the New York media who said something along the lines of, "I think it was Dan Rosen with NHL.com." He's like, "His day will come," but you know he's only been in the league, whatever. But listen, it's the 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 award is for who which defenseman had the best season uh, this year. It's not the best. It's not that it, like an esoteric question, like who is the best defenseman in the NHL? Is Adam Fox the best defenseman in the NHL? No, I don't think so. He is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I think if that was the question, then maybe yeah, Victor. If, if you're telling me like just in the off, if like in the middle of the summer, you're like we're going to play a game right now, and it's just one game, like and you need to ice a team and you want your team to win, I might choose Victor Hedman because peak of his powers and especially. His how dominant his performance was in the in the bubble, winning, helping the Lightning win a cup last season, last summer. Yeah, but that's not that wasn't that's not what this award is. Who was the best defenseman in the NHL this year? And I'm think I think it was Adam Fox. I mean, if McCarr had stayed healthy, I might have to say it would it would have been him. But we don't know. I mean, he got hurt, which is unfortunate. I mean. McDavid lost the Panera, uh, the Calder to Panarin probably because he got hurt and was that missed some time. And it's not, is it fair? No, but did he get the, did he win the Calder? No, he didn't. So, I mean, again, I think people are like, well, you know, McCarr, if he was healthy, would have, you know, blown Adam Fox out of the water or just would have beat his stats or he prorated. I'm like, yeah, maybe, but that's not what happened. We, this is what we have to work with. And Adam Fox was the best defenseman in the NHL this year. I mean, then they say, you know, it's like, oh, well, they didn't make he his team didn't make the the playoffs. I'm like, I, that's obviously true. But again, like as we get toward, you know, in, we're now getting to the point where we understand uh, you would hope that people understand that. Well, like, I, I would interrupt yeah, you sorry. there. No, because I want to make a point. It's like, OK, if the team doesn't make the playoffs, then. Any team that doesn't make the playoff, there should be no individual re- uh, awards uh, given to that team. Like, why not? Why just wait until the playoffs and then just pick the three best defensemen from that are made in the playoffs if that's like a criteria? Exactly. You know I, mean? it's like a, I 100% it's a, agree with you. That's like a stupid reason it's, to not give the award to someone is because their team didn't make the playoffs. It's like, okay, well, then anyone who doesn't make the playoffs. We don't even look at them. Don't even consider them for any awards because they didn't make the playoffs, so they couldn't be that good. Like, come on, please spare me. That's like a if stupid. We, if we took Connor McDavid and we put him in Ottawa this season, like we we switched him and Brady Kachuk out, let's say for whatever mm-hmm. reason, and Ottawa doesn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? They might get close, but let's say he had the same season he had. Maybe my, you know, he he wouldn't get the gaudy as gaudy high point totals. But it would be pretty damn close, just how dominant he was. He should still win the heart or whatever because he was flat out the best goddamn player in the league. But if they didn't make the play, just because his team wasn't around, the talent around him wasn't enough. One player can't make a. I mean, you know, every now and then you'll have a player that have such a good year that they can almost kick, bring their team, you know, kicking and screaming into the playoffs. But Hedman, if Hedman was hurt all year, I think Tampa still makes the playoffs. I'm pretty Absolutely. confident in that. If uh, McCarr was hurt all year, which he was, they still make the playoffs because they have, Absolutely. you know, Gerard, McCarr, whatever. It's just, it's not, this is an individual award and that's such an arbitrary gatekeeper type thing to say. It's the same thing why it's like, it makes me mad that 
you know, a gold goaltender. Same thing with the Vesna that like if you don't get to the postseason, it's like you can't win the award. Um or, you know, traditionally. So Right. I mean that Vesna is like even closer. It's like the people that say that the Grand shouldn't win um the uh oh God, Cy, Young. Cy Young because his wins aren't there. It's like, well, that does nothing to do with his individual stats like a win has like is most of the time a, a team effort so like yeah it, it's a irre- irrelevant stat exactly it. when when degrom's on the mound uh or uh, at bat he is one of the best players in baseball when adam fox is on the ice he is one of the best players but unfortunately he's not on the ice all the time and sometimes he's surrounded by guys that aren't at his level so that's not his fault it just but no, uh, Adam Fox had in a lot of, you know, obviously the more progressive among the, uh, and I would say, dare I would say some of the younger, you know, the hipster, no, he's not a hipster pick, I would say, but it's, he definitely has that because of his age and the fact that he's not even, he, cause he's, and he's, and also I'll say this, it's, I think because you look at Adam Fox, I mean, listen, you look at Victor Hedman and he's seven, you know, he's damn near seven feet tall. He skates like the wind for his size. He's uh, intimidating. He's got the pedigree. He's got the cup. He's got the, the wingspan. And he has the performance he had last year in the bubble, right? Then you look at Kale McCarr, uh, and you look at he skates like lightning, and he's dynamic, and he's shifty, and he's dangerous. And, you know, he pops every time he gets the puck, he pops off the screen because he's going a million miles per hour. He's, you know, just him and McKinnon and that whole t- up tempo Tampa team. And then you have Adam Fox, who is probably five foot ten on his tippy toes, maybe, and you know, one hundred and seventy pounds, and uh, inst- he does everything with subtlety and his brain and head fakes, and a lot of times it doesn't look like he's doing anything too crazy, even though he had some pretty, he did have some high rate real, real plays this year, but at the same time, it's like he's just playing chess out there, and he just make he has he doesn't have to do some of that stuff because he's literally so smart. He's like instead of you know, hit skating towards the boards and putting on the brakes and doing a spinorama and going back the other way and then walking the line. He's like, I'm just going to throw a hit, quick little hip swivel. Look, I'm going to look to the left and everyone's going to go left and then I'm going to uh, fade as I fade to my right and then I'm going to just wrist a soft one on goal and it's going to go in because I used like my head and my feet and just I just looked in one direction, got everyone to bite on the ice and I just put it here, you know? And that's just the beauty of him is that he's so smart. He makes the game easy for himself that he doesn't have to be a burner. And he was just, yeah, he listen, the stats were there. He was one of the highest scoring uh, D-men in the league. He was one of the best defensive D-men in the league, which is the other thing that you just don't really think about because he's small and he's just, mostly you think of him as a guy who's good at moving the puck up the ice, but he was good in his own end, man. He just, he's put out a lot of of fires and used his poise and his patience to get his team out of trouble. And he was the best, I think he was the best defenseman in in the NHL last year. Just like I think Panarin was probably the best player in the NHL last year, but you know, I don't think I I I I I think they're going to give it to Hedman, unfortunately, which I think would be a mistake. But I will say this: I do think that if Hedman, if it's not Hedman, I do think it will will be Fox, only because I think even the old school would would ding Makar for not for missing all that time. You know. Well, yeah, and you know, there's a couple things here. You know, number one, the Cal Makar only played in 44 games. 44 points he was averaging a point a game which is great so in a 56 you know game schedule he'd have 56 points on average and he'd be you know uh, at the top of the stats but I I don't think 
overall points really tells the big picture. And, you know, I always thought that, you know, the NHL should have two separate awards, you know, one being, you know, the Bobby Orr award where you just give it to the defenseman with the most points. This way it takes kind of that argument and makes it irrelevant when you're talking about the Norris trophy. Uh, Second, I don't know how true this is, but, um, but I take it because usually the guys that talking hockey are very good at what they do in, in, in stats. Um, their stats might be ridiculous, but they're, they're always on top of it. Uh, Victor Hedman, if you include, I guess, power play and penalty kill, he gave up more goals than he was on the ice for. So overall, he was a negative, even though he was a plus five, given that, you know, you can't get a negative on the power play or, um, uh, or the PK. Um, with that being said, you know, that like, that's kind of bizarre. Uh, Victor Hedman, I think, you know, I think it, they're going based off the name. They're going based off, of, I think, you know, the Stanley Cup run that Tampa Bay Lightning had. Uh, you know, he was third in points, which is great. But Adam Fox beat him in points. I know he played one more game than him, but he had two more points. So, you know, he's still more points per games played. And then, you know, I think Adam Fox, if you look at the overall team and the dependency on Adam Fox to be good, like, Adam Fox made the New York Rangers a lot better than I think Hedman makes the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think that's the overall picture. It's like you look at the season in an entirety, right? Did Victor Hedman make the Tampa Bay Lightning a better team than compared to Adam Fox making the New York Rangers a better team? I I would argue that the New York Rangers would be almost at the bottom of the standings if you removed Adam Fox this season. Uh, I think he was like the one player where you day in and day out there was consistency there uh he was always a part of anything offensively happening with this team and you know he was just the best defenseman overall defenseman I think in the NHL this season and I think if Cal McCarr played a full season I think the award probably would go to him but you know kind of kind of like um Zibanejad last year they don't do prorated stats just like, you know, the Rocket Richard trophy wouldn't have gone to uh Zibanejad, even though he had the most goals per games played. That's not how you do it. So, you know, I think the Cal McCarr, unfortunately, it's great that I they gave him a nod and a, I think a tip tip of the cap to have him in the finals. But really this is a two dog race. It's Adam Fox versus Victor Hedman. And, you know, I think Fox deserves it over Hedman. And that's being honest, like if Fox was kind of that yeah. third, you know, third leg, I, I would be honest there. But Adam Fox plus nineteen, he just was the overall better defenseman. There's just no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, and I, you know, listen, it's you don't want to knock a guy too much for the quality of their teammates because again, you can't help. Absolutely. You can only do what you can do. But but at the same time, though, I mean, you know, Mc, uh, McDonough and Eric Chernak were given most of those hard shutdown assignments, and Victor Hedman, yeah, I think Fox faced a little bit tougher stiffer competition this year you know and he did better in in those minutes it's just victor hedman himself said that i just did not i'm not having a good season by my standards or i'm having a rough time or it's not as good you know so i just don't even when the when it comes from the man himself it's just i still don't understand where they're just like no 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 he's just being modest or whatever you know uh he'll get back there it's almost as, as if they felt when they voted that he'll like elevate his game in the playoffs and he's just saving himself but he's still the best which is then it just opens another hypothetical can of worms. But listen, I I've already accepted the fact that like, I don't think Adam Fox, like he, I, I, the, the fix is in 
it's just it's going to be headman which sucks but oh, it is what it is i i'm i am obviously very happy that fox got the nom listen and if he wins i'm going to be ecstatic i'm going to be over the moon i just don't i just think that those you know the 200 hockey men and the old guard it's just too much i think the the problem you is know? when adam fox is you know let's just say 5 years from now and he's like top 5 in scoring clearly not the best defenseman in the league you know iffy He'll get his due and they'll give him an award when he doesn't deserve it. But the year that he probably deserves it, he won't get it because they have to then go back and get Victor Hedman his Norris trophy. It's like they're so far behind. They should just uh, like um, should just give <laughs> yeah, it, it out be. to the years that you deserve, deserve it. No, exactly. But, uh, but no, um, that's a whole nother issue. Uh, I do want to I wanted to ask you because, you know, I love reading comments, the comment section on talking hockey and on with their analytics. It's just it's fascinating to hear some of the people say, but like Tyson Berry obviously led the league in points for defensemen. He was on Edmonton this year. Um, obviously, the north, the amount of goals scored in the north division was off the charts compared to all the other divisions. Um what are your thoughts on 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 Tyson Berry? Like people wanted him nominated as a top three. I I don't see it as an overall defense best defenseman in the league. But yeah, no, I don't either. And he had a great I, season. There's no knock on him. Yeah, no, he did. I, I mean, that was obviously a smart signing by him. Perfect place to go because he knew Absolutely. he was going to get power play time with uh with McDavid and Drysital. So smart by him. And he had a good season. Again, you can't ding the guy for the division he played in. But that being said defensively he wasn't all that great he was okay he had a, a little bit of a obviously offensively he had a huge bounce back year for him but defensively he was only marginally a little bit better than he was last season uh i mean you look at and you just yeah you look at some of their struggles uh especially against you know a really really flawed winnipeg team and yeah they just couldn't he just, yeah, wasn't very good. And again, you don't want to knock the guy because we're talking about regular season, but it's just, yeah, I mean, listen, it, and that was another thing. It's like when a John Carlson puts up the most points and the, like, I think if you put up the most points, you can definitely, your name should definitely be in the conversation because that means you clearly right. had an extremely good offensive year. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, that shouldn't win you the award. It, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't make or you. Or even put you in the finals. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're a shoe. It. Yeah, exactly. I just think because you know if a guy, and listen, plus I think plus minus is an extremely flawed stat. But if you look at if if let's say a guy like Adam Fox had two or uh, Chris Letang, who was also very good this year, has like two yes. or three less points yep. than you, but they're five on five, their underlying analytics, even their plus minus, whatever you want to say. It was like way higher, and they and they just and they take on hot, tougher assignments than you do, and they're less sheltered than you are. Then yeah, they should probably win because if they put up very comparable elite stats without being maybe babied in the way you, that you are, you know, especially even though we say we don't want to take into consideration, you you can't help but say in a division that's probably a lot uh, more stringent and with stricter, com- you know, stiffer competition. Then yeah, then the, that's why. So it should definitely put you in the conversation. But you're at, you're right, James. It's by no means does that mean you should are. It's not a, you're not punching your ticket to the final, especially when you look and that's point spread between you know some guys didn't get to play the same amount of games and missed and had COVID and just everything that went on. It was listen. This was a weird ass season. So I mean, you look at. This was and this was a tough year, honestly, for the awards because I think there was a lot of defensemen that were really deserving. You know, like if I had 
like Chris Letang had a great Absolutely. year. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of guy, unheralded guys that had good years, you know, and like, it's just, again, because everyone, it was like the landscape was so all over the place between all the challenges from COVID and just, just playing in certain locked divisions and not having to, to face every team. It, yeah, it's tough to gauge, but I just think, I think, you know, they got two out of the three noms, right? Uh, again, I, you know, uh, but I think Adam Fox just had the benefit of being around all season and just doing everything that the award asked. He put up points. He was good defensively. He logged big minutes. He faced tough competition and he just thrived and he didn't miss time. So, you know, I don't know what more you want. He's got the least amount of, and you can say what you want because then people come out of the woodwork and say, well, oh, if you faced Buffalo and the, the, and New Jersey, like, you know, five times. Yeah. But he also, you look at the teams. He had to face, you know, some, yeah. uh, you yeah, know, yeah. between the, the Bruins Boston, and Washington, Pittsburgh. Islanders, Boston, Bruins, Washington, you know, Pittsburgh. Those are good teams, and I, you know, and obviously you can never really say it's like, oh, and if he got if if the Rangers were in this division, they make the playoffs. I think they would. Kind of, it looked that way. If you took their point total and moved them to another division, especially against some of those teams, they'd probably be in the playoffs. But it is what it is, and he still had an amazing season despite his team not making the playoffs and when he did everything that was asked of him when he was on the ice, you know? So, uh, and I, there's, if, if you search for on Twitter, you could find it. Someone indexed every single like Adam Fox, notable play all season. It's like a 45 minute video. Uh, and it's a lot, but I was at work the other day and I was bored out of my mind and I had some downtime and I watched it in its entirety and it's pretty good. And just kind of really reassesses, how good of a season Adam Fox had. If I can find it, I'll retweet it on our official Twitter account. But uh, it was, yeah, it was definitely, it, it was just reaffirming what I already know, uh, knew and just to watch, uh, you know, those clips back from just how good he, and this is everything. It has not just like offensive plays, but defensive plays, knocking pucks down, keep-ins, uh, neutral zone defense, uh, defense in his own end, break, you know, uh, stretch passes, breakouts, goal, obviously assists and goals and, yeah, and it just kind of breaks them all down into sections and just kind of affirms just how good he is. And the scary thing to think is, yeah, he's still young. Yes, he's a little, he, what, he's 23, right? 24. So he might have at least another year or two to get. He can still improve because they say, what, defensemen kind of really round out into form when they're like 25, 26, right? Uh, and he was definitely a little bit stronger and a little bit faster this season. And he's never going to be a burner, but I think he can you know, even if he doesn't gain another inch, I think he can get a little bit stronger and a little bit faster. And I just think he doesn't take a lot of punishment, which is good for us because, listen, Makar got hurt and he plays a you know an up-tempo crash and bang style. And it's very dependent on his physical gifts. Uh, and I just think Adam Fox, I mean, he's, he's never going to be a... He doesn't yeah, he's never going to be a... February. Great, exactly. So yeah, he could definitely stand to get a little bit more explosive and a little bit stronger on pucks. And uh, and you know, even you just watch the way he makes life easy for himself. He you you know you see him. He gets onto his edges and he'll like spin off guys, or when they have got he'll lean on guys, have them push him, and he'll get in his mohawk. So it's just he just kind of spins out of pressure, and he's got a low center of gravity, which helps him in his poise. And he just makes life easier for himself. He doesn't take a lot of punishment because he's such a cerebral, smart, heady player. Where you know, I think when you're a guy who's a little bit more physical, like McCarr, like 
obviously he flat out dominates with his physical his physical his skills and his skating but at the same time it's like eventually you know a you're a little bit more susceptible to getting hurt and b uh those are things that fade but the brain never goes away so adam fox i think can be a you know he can be a very good player in this league for a long time because he doesn't have to you know his brain is is not it's not like you know that he's not gonna if he if he ever loses a step i think he still ends up a very good because he's someone who plays within his himself very perfectly. So I think he'll be a very good defenseman in this league for a long time. And doesn't take a lot of punishment because he's so head up. Like Panarin. Like Panarin, despite being kind of a water buggy guy, he like never gets hit because he's just smart and he can do little chips to himself to like at the last minute to avoid checks and hits. And and I think Fox is much the same way. So I hope Fox wins. I'm not holding my breath on it, but I, I'm very happy he's at least getting the recognition because he was flat out, I think, the best defenseman in the league this year. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and it's it's nice to have the Rangers represented in something. And uh, you know, for Adam Fox, I just think you know this is just uh, you know this isn't you know the peak of his career. It, he's only going to get better, and he's going to be a New York Ranger for a very long time. And you know, I'm very excited to have him on the team, and he is potential for me. Uh, he might be my next jersey. Like I'm due for a jersey. And I like the past few years have been a little, you know, you don't know who's going to be on a team. You don't know who's going to, you know, uh, be the longest. I don't want a Kreider jersey or uh, and like kind of Panarin's too like generic. I want, you know, I want a Fox jersey. You know, once once he gets his big contract and with term and everything, he's my guy. Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bulls broadcast where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh no, Jado yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was like asleep in all of German too. Oh, you you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was like me and I don't know five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us. While she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible <laughs> class. No, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. Uh, not going to mention names. Not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday, only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Andy, do you want to talk about the playoffs? Yeah, sure. All right. Let's go into it. this. No, yeah, this round was you know kind of it was kind of nuts, and you know Islanders obviously advanced, which is now now I can finally start rooting against the Islanders. But you have the Islanders against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Lightning being heavy favorites uh, in terms of uh, Vegas odds, and then you have the you know the Vegas Knights against the Montreal Canadiens. Vegas again, heavy favorites in Vegas odds. But uh, what do you think of the second round? And, you know, obviously we now have the final four teams. Yeah, uh, you had some good matchups. I 
Carolina and Tampa. I only wish that went a little bit longer. I was a little surprised at how efficiently Tampa dispatched of Carolina and Carolina for as good as they are, they they're good defensively, but they they've had trouble kind of scoring goals in the postseason. And I mean, for as they have a lot of talent, but at some point you look at that group and you think, well, they're going to have to start maybe I don't know if it's they have to because sometimes they're a team that clearly has a problem that a lot of teams have that they they play good structured hockey but sometimes to break if you go up against a team that is you know that it commits to structure but also has like superior offensive firepower like Tampa does and it is given a little bit more free liberty at times it's tough and because at a certain point those things kind of cancel out when teams are good at either recovering or committing to their structure. But it just seemed like they were letting a lot of, gave up a lot of odd man rushes with numbers to Tampa just because Tampa is very so good at kind of changing. Like each line almost plays a different system, you know, in and of itself. It's like, all right, we're going to dump, we're going to dump, this line's going to dump the puck in, get it deep, and they're going to grind you. And, you know, they'll play like a, like a, a lock on the half boards. And this, then this uh, line is going to play, try to, beat you with a stretch pass and they're going to stretch it out a little bit more and just kind of keep it's kind of hard to get your bearings on how you should play and yeah you saw a few of uh the lower pairings for carolina really struggle uh against that and listen i mean tampa has at any given time can have kucherov or Braden point or Hell, even guys like Tyler, like Blake Coleman and Tyler Johnson, just they have a lot of dangerous players with speed. And even Maroon, when he's, and that's yep. the funny thing, a guy like Pat Maroon is like, when he, in the playoffs, he just takes his game to another level. And it's like everyone else on that team is so supremely skilled. Even Maroon's like, well, now I'm going to hold on to the puck and make plays and be deadly. And it just, it's just kind of like a rising tide thing. So yeah, I was surprised at how Carolina kind of struggled against Tampa. Um, because they're a good team. They're one of the better... I would say I, Carolina's tech... They're definitely one of the five... I mean, they might be right at five, but they're definitely one of the five best teams among the five best teams in the league. But yeah, I just think there was a little bit of... Brendan Moore didn't make the adjustments he needed to make, I think. I think he should have... Especially when you have guys like Aho and, and Nietzsche and Svechnikov who can play a skill game and be very dangerous. I think he maybe should have had them take a little bit more chances. They might have been had it might have been closer, but at the same time I kinda understand why they, they didn't. I and I don't think they're it's not exactly the New York Islanders where it's like they're not a, it's not like they're a counterattack team, uh, in the same way the Islanders are, where it's like almost the more they keep to their structure, the more chances they get. Especially when teams have make mistakes. But I mean, we'll talk about what problem this poses the Islanders moving forward. But um yeah, it was just yeah, it seemed like there maybe should have been a, more adjustments from Carolina. But at the same time, I think Carolina, much like Colorado, also they're still kind of suffering from imposter syndrome. And you can kind of feel that. Whereas you look at these teams that have been there before and are older, they just have supreme confidence. They're just going to get it done and they get it done. You know, Vegas gets it done. Uh, Tampa gets it done. So those both those series surprised me, obviously. I was kind of shocked after the first two games the way Vegas turned that series around. But again, they're a more established group where there's so all that pressured expectation on Colorado. Not so much unlike the year uh, Tampa got swept by the Blue Jackets, right? And 
everyone expects you to be the 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 cup eventual cup winner and the most dangerous team in the league and there's a lot of expectations and all of a sudden it starts going sideways and then yeah and you're a younger group and you mentally start to fold and you feel it slipping out of your hands whereas like an old team that's in a two nothing hole is like we're not going to panic we're going to build trust our process because we know we're good enough to pull out of this and they they win one game and then they're like oh we got it <laughs> and they and they have it and then the rest of the, you know carol uh Colorado, who was a, literally a buzzsaw until those first, even up until those first two games, absolutely looked like crap the rest of the way, you know? And obviously, Kadri again gets himself suspended for some of the most important, meaningful games, and his team gets uh, bounced while he is sitting, uh, you know, sitting out in a, in a suit in the press box. So I, it's, I, I do wonder now what, because Colorado is going to have to figure some things out now. It's like, can you? Their McCarr needs a new contract. Landis Cog's going to is a unrestricted free agent. Uh, can you keep Kadri? I don't know. After that, because what good is this guy if he's going to keep doing the same thing? Unless he, you sit him down and he has a, you know, or finally has that come to Jesus moment that you were literally no good to us, <laughs> or we were acquired. Who knows if they even got him and said like that's not going to happen here, and it happened. So. Yeah, who knows? They they'll probably lose some guys. They might lose some depth because it's like you can't have, even though they're good, they have a lot of good prospects coming up that you know those guys need to mature. Thank God they have an Alex Newhook because yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to afford. Uh, I think Brandon Saad needs a new contract. Mm-hmm. So yeah, can they t- do they take a couple steps back next season? Who knows? Like they'll still be good. They should still be a postseason team, but yeah, you know McKinnon clearly very frustrated as you heard in that press conference. Uh, Adrian Dater asking the dumbest. I don't even. I don't know if you can even call that a question, but but yeah, he was clearly frustrated. You know, I think he said something akin to, "I've been in the league nine years and I haven't won shit yet." But yeah, they got to figure out what happened and why all of a sudden they just lost. Because that you know that's one of those things that it's kind of hard. I think Vegas is definitely one of the top three teams in the league. So does it losing to them, especially when you're when you're the top five teams in the league, you can lose a series if it ends up being a coin flip, which it, it basically was. But um well that's, yeah, that's very that, I mean that's yeah, I mean that's a great point. If you look at the Vegas Knights series and the Colorado Avalanche, I, I don't know why people crown the Avalanche the cup winners. I mean I definitely knew they were going to be heavy favorites, but the Vegas Golden Knights, like they were right there to win a division with Colorado all season long. They were exactly. one and two. It was it was one A and one B. They were not that far off all season. And then it gets to the postseason. And I think it was because the Avalanche swept the Blues. And everyone's like, well, they won the cup. And and I knew they were, you know, obviously gonna win the first round. But, you know, once they got to the Golden Knights, that's a coin flip. And and that that's pretty much where it ended up in as a coin flip you know it's just like who showed up that game and who was going to play you know a physical presence you know and, and a little bit of defense and and be able to you know put the puck in the net it just seemed like whoever was uh, going to grab the lead first was going to win that game and and you know kudos to the the golden knights you know they dropped the first two games and then they rallied back and all they needed was a little momentum but that's who the the golden knights are that's like golden knights hockey you know once they get going and a little bit of momentum they're a tough team to stop and all year long they were one of the best teams in the league so not shocking at all that the vegas golden knights beat the colorado avalanche a lot of people even penciled that as a you know a potential stanley cup final if it was just a you know a one through 16 seeding uh, those two teams were very good. Top two, you know, maybe in the league. Yeah, and I mean, listen, outside of a, a 
a huge upset. I mean, you have to imagine Vegas is going to dispatch Montreal uh, with expert precision. I, I don't know, think but it's going to be like, as listen, easy as easy as no. Like, I I think I think Montreal is is definitely this year's feel good. You know, yes. we're playing for each other. No one, everyone counts us out, and we're going to see how far we can go. You know, on our own self belief. And listen, obviously, when you have a go- price is locked in this year, he's one the most locked in goaltender in the postseason right now. Absolutely. So, uh, unfortunately, and and listen, they're a good team. They have good underlying analytics. They're good five on five. They 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 play the way you need to play. They you know they definitely finish their checks and they can be heavy and they have some savvy guys. Absolutely. Who like you know Corey Perry, who's like cooked, but just now is the playoffs he's producing because he's an absolute you know. He's literally saving every ounce he has left in the regular season to be, you know, dangerous in the playoffs. Uh, and they have, you know, Carey Price, who is finally playing at a level comparable to his reputation, which is great. And obviously, you know, it's so good they have, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for the young guys like Caulfield coming in and being a big part of that team already. You know, like, that's great, man. Like, it's I'm so happy for that kid. The fact that he went as high as he did in the draft was was you know, BS just because he was so tiny and, you know, they reap the benefits of that. Now he's making huge plays and winning series, you know, so that's awesome. But I, the, even if they can take a game or two, I just don't see them getting past Vegas. You know, I just don't, I, I think. No, but, no. And, and Vegas odds have them as a heavy, I'm not even betting. I usually write a blog uh, yeah. giving my picks and, you know, six and two in the first round, three and one in the second round, no, not a big deal. The this round it's not even worth it. The Vegas are like minus three hundred, and um, Tampa Bay Lightning are like minus like two fifty. It's just it's not worth take, uh, betting this round. Yeah, I mean, and then moving over to the Lightning and Islanders, this will be fascinating because you know again the Islanders I think for are this year they're actually getting their underlying numbers were better. You know because they've had good team you know defensive well, stats the are they going to be able stats. to score a goal against a healthy goalie that will that's goal. that's the that's obviously the problem because they've obviously they well they, right now they've they've led uh, i think the postseason in terms of goals scored uh but right. at the same time they i don't think rask had a torn yeah well rask had an injury and, and jari uh, was yeah and jari was christian jari who fire. yeah <laughs> so and that's the problem and i think at some point and listen, they're great at keeping their structure, but at the some listen, at some point you're gonna that that Martin Sezika's clutterbuck line is gonna be on the ice with, you know, the point line or a stamp coast line, and it's just it's yeah, it's not gonna be good. I but listen, all the credit in the world to Matt Barzell, who's finally found his game. And, you know, Barry was really tough on him in his time here, but he's finally playing at a, a comparable level to what you have to. And that's, you know, and again, he was a guy who was like, had made trouble producing in the postseason, smaller guy, you know, a bit more, but now he's scoring goals on the doorstep and he's scoring big goals. And I think the ice has finally opened up for him a bit, which, and he figured it out as it takes time. You know, obviously you look at guys like Marner and you wonder, can they do similar things? It's not, it could take a while, but Barzell figured it out, which is good. And that's good for them. And obviously it helps having, you know, they do have a little bit more depth than they've had in the past because they right. got Zajac and Paul Mary. So now, you know, but Paul Mary's been a guy. And yeah, and I'll, even Pulak. hell, Pelican Pulak are yep. one of, if not the best shutdown pairing in the league right now, which is great. 
But yeah. at some point, Andy Green and Noah Dobson are going to be on the Andy Green. And Noah Dobson is 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 Isles' third pairing, and I think the uh, Tampa's third pairing is is Sergachev and uh, what's his face from David Savard. So that just kind of shows you the talent disparity, even on the back end. You know, yeah. But you know, I I think this series comes down to coaching. It's the two best coaches I think in the NHL. Cooper was a it was like a light switch when they got swept by Columbus. They just after that, it seemed like in the playoffs, they were able to change up their game round to round and almost like play your game and spit it right back at you. And if the Islanders are going to play this patience game with the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're going to lose because Columbus tried the same thing. And I know, you know, Islanders have a little bit better of an offense and, and have some firepower there and, and momentum going into the series, no doubt. But, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are the defending Stanley Cup champions. The, the team really hasn't changed that much. And, you know, the Islanders are going to run into an actual goaltender this series, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. But it'll be fascinating to see how Trotz handles, you know, shutting down the depth of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, and listen, if there's any coach who can do it, it's him. And I mean, if right. there's any team that can c- commit to their structure no matter what, it's them. That's literally what they do all, all year and, all season, and they've done all the playoffs. And yeah, listen... Uh, Rangers fan in me obviously hates this fact that they've made no, it. No, you got to go Tampa. But you got to go Tampa. Yeah, no, I'm listen. I'm going Tampa, obviously. But yeah, I mean, you got to give kudos to the Islanders for being the spot they're in. So, I th- can they make it interesting? Absolutely. I will. They? I don't know. I just don't know. And uh, if they get past this round, I think they win the cup. I, oh I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I'm if if, if the that. Islanders can dispatch Tampa, I think they have the confidence to to win the Stanley Cup. Which I don't have confidence in Vegas to beat them because uh, the Vegas well, yeah. Vegas for me Vegas will not have played a single team that can shut you down like the Islanders. No. The Islanders are the best shutdown team in the league and it's if they can if the Islanders can shut down the Tampa Bay Lightning they can do it to the the Vegas Golden Knights and I believe in Trotz. Exactly. Um and it's, I'm I'm sick to my stomach even just saying yeah, that. Yeah, no, you know, listen. And, you know, people were laughing, but at Lou Lamorello and his old school and his rules, but he, God damn it, if he did not turn that organization around. And Tampa, I mean, excuse me, not Tampa, but Toronto, since he's left, I mean, not, they, they, they're stable, but at the same time, it's like maybe if his influence was still there, they'd maybe have a little bit more of an old school. They, that element that they're complaining now that they're missing might be there, you know? And I just think right. uh, the Islanders have that. You need belief. <laughs> and it's funny because this podcast and Rangers fandom, so long we were focused on the pieces on paper because it's like, we don't have this, we don't have this, we don't have this. We need homegrown elite talent that can play these roles. But now it, this season, you're kind of, when you get close, you're like, okay, like, what are we missing mentally? Like, or what are identity like you get these are the things you get to talk about when you get so close to the postseason because right. there's a lot of good teams in the postseason but the ones that go far the ones that have an identity they have a belief in their system and their coach and each other and they play their role to a t and they can but they can who can also they can change up their styles when need be because like you said at to this point I don't think Vegas has met a single team that can stifle your offense like them. I think it helps, though, that they're not... Vegas isn't exactly like a 
up tempo through the middle, you know, through right. the neutral zone type team where they who could really get in a slog. I think they're they're big guys and they can get pucks deep and they can also make passes. And you have guys rough and tumble uh, guys like you know Mark Stone and hell even Ryan Reeves in the fourth line. It's just they can. They're a team that can play a little bit more of a stagnant, just move the puck to each other game and just let's get let's get it in and do some work type game. But yeah, if I think if the Islanders can pull this one out, they have a very, they might be the best, you know, have the best odds to win the cup. But unfortunately, they're going to face Tampa, and we, as we know, hasn't really changed much. Uh, can can be patient, can beat you defensively, can beat you offensively, and. Yeah, I, it's just it's feeling like a Tampa Vegas final. So, but we'll stranger things have happened. We'll see. We'll see if Carey Price uh, continues to be the best goal, post, goaltender in the postseason, and we'll see if the Islanders can uh, shock the world. You know, so we'll see. Yeah, and uh, the last question I have for you, Andy, before we wrap things up here is obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning under a, a lot of heat because of the you know the cap debacle that they find themselves in. Uh, they're actually well over the cap. They're like 12 million over the actual cap. And with the long-term IR situation, I guess you can adjust the cap and then in the playoffs, it doesn't really matter. What are your, what's your whole thought process on that? And I know they're playing technically playing by the rules, but do you think the NHL makes a ruling like this? Because you've seen it a few times. The Blackhawks, uh, did it a few years back when they won the cup. And now, you know, Tampa, this is kind of egregious to how, well over the cap they are i mean yes it's egregious but at the same time it's like i mean there's so many teams that are up against it and the only way it works is if that player was going to be out for the whole season if you're like their best player because he is their best player right is going to miss the entire regular season and if you ice a team that is good enough to make it to the postseason without your best player for the entire regular season it's kind of hard for me because especially if it's well within the rules of the CBA as it stands, will they change it? I'm not sure. Will how many, you know, I don't know how, how many GMs I think there'll be you're either the GMs are going to all complain or the other GMs are going to complain and they're going to amend it or they're going to start saying we have to do this too, like get players and keep them, you know, but it's also the circumstances are kind of different. It's like, cause Kucherov's not going to, you know, you can't pretend to have guys on IR. Kucherov was legitimately hurt, but um, so it worked out for them. And they, he, I think even Bruce Bois said that he's like, yeah, it just kind of worked out. Fortunately for us, that he was hurt, but he was ready in time for this. And you know, if it's well within our our, our the rules, we'll take it. You know, and you, you can be mad that they're over the cap, but at the same time, yeah, like I said, it's uh, if the Rangers wanted to like bench Panarin all year. And use that money to to get another you know high priced winger in and see how they fared and and put Panarin in if they made the postseason. Yeah, that's a that's a huge gamble. But Tampa, because they are such a good team, and even missing their best player, they have you know they have still at Brain Point and Stamkos and uh, Palat and all these guys that are and Kalorn and all these guys who can be dangerous and and Hedman and McDonough, whatever you know, and Sergachev and Vasilevsky. So it's like. Yeah, I mean, they were they were good enough where they could do this and pull it off. Where for a lot of other teams, you know, if you ask them, do you want to be without your your winger, your best player all year, just so you can probably put them in at the end and with some extra, a little bit extra talent, you know, yeah, it's a hell of a gamble. But they're good enough. So 
I if if it's one of those things where this season I'm not going to get on them because it was in the rules. Do I think it should be changed? Maybe you probably should change it. <laughs> it's a little it is a little egregious, but they, it, this year it was well within the rules, so I can't. It's not, I'm not going to be mad at them. It's like they're trying to squirt every. They're trying to win a cup. They don't have, and they're you know if they win. It's not exactly Brett Hall's foot in the crease. They're not going to be talking about twenty years. Oh, they were eight million over the cap. Like they're going to say they have two cups in the last in two consecutive years. You know, exactly. And and looking at this situation that they're in, it's like it's not every single year. And if you kind of reverse it and you just like make it so that the the injured the long term IR it goes on to your cap space during the season, there's going to be teams that end up losing their best player and then now they can't even write the ship or bring in someone else you know it's like you're gambling and you know you can't just believe that okay my best player is on the long-term ir he's going to be ready for the playoffs i'll bring in some like you you really can't like plan that type of stuff happening and i think this is a unique situation because the season was so short that it kind of just matched up perfectly for for the tampa bay lightning and like under a normal season with 82 games, it's it's going to be nearly impossible. And I know I know the Blackhawks did it, but they didn't do it. It wasn't this bad. I think this is just special circumstances where the season was so short. The long term IR fed right into the playoffs, and it was uh, you know benefited the Tampa Bay Lightning. But you know what can you do? It's it's they're not breaking the rules. They're playing by them, and that's all you can really say. And Please, like the Tampa Bay Lightning are are definitely a top four team in the NHL. It, for them to get there is not, has nothing to do with the cap space. It has everything to do with the, you know, the players and the coaching and and just you know how well the organization is run. So, um, kudos to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, um, you know, before we do sign off, I did think it was interesting. I was listening to uh, Thirty One Thoughts to the podcast with Elliot Friedman, Jeff Marrick, and. Uh, when talking about the Rod Brindamore extension in Carolina, someone had said some texted Elliot something cryptic that said like "buckle up," uh, oh which is interesting because here. So here's what we know about: obviously, the Rangers have a coaching vacancy, and most people have pegged, you know, have basically penciled in Gerard Gallant in that spot. He interviewed with them before he went to coach Team Canada to a gold medal in the World Championships. Uh, and apparently he made a favorable impression. I assume they've spoken to him again now that he's back. But they're being diligent because Drury is a diligent guy. And there was also no secret that if somehow uh, Brindamore was to shake loose and to be available and he wanted the gig that he would be their first choice just because there's the proof of concept and it's exactly what the Rangers are. He play, coaches style that the Rangers are trying to acquire in terms of like good structure and a little bit heavier hockey. And yeah, so, and, but we know that there's a lot of talk that he really does not want to leave Carolina and money is not for him is not too much of an issue. He's made, you know, he's made or too, at least too much of a sticking point. He's made a lot of money in his career. He just likes the area. He's not so much a big market guy. However, he wants his assistant coaches to be compensated. And if we know anything about Carolina, they have an internal cap. They're one of the more cash-strapped teams. And Dundon is a guy who, like, you know, they don't have. He's he, yeah. He doesn't like to spend money, or he if he's going to spend, he wants to make sure he's maximizing. He's like very much a why. Why do we have to spend here? Why do we have to spend so much money on this? So I do think there it might be some reticence from him to pay. You know, uh, 
Brenda Moore's assistant coaches and his coaching staff what Brenda Moore thinks they should get or a wage that he thinks is comparable to their input. And I think if you know, if a team such as the New York Hockey Rangers was to come in and say, no, no, listen, we're going to give you a good contract or not, but we will make sure that your assistants are well compensated. I think Brenda Moore is a type of guy who would say, you know, this may be not what I want so much, but these are my friends and these are my buddies and, you know, these are good people and this they could get paid money that could really help them and their fa- change their families' lives or you know, I think he's a guy who might suck it up and say, you know, maybe I'm not a big market coach or never want to be one or never want to leave. But if I want to do right by these guys and he might, you know, so it'll be interesting. Um, again, Drury's doing his due diligence. I do think it ends up Galan. I think Brent, they get something done and Brendan Moore will stay in Carolina, but it's, it's f- fascinating to see, you know, uh, or at least to think that there's a possibility that Brendan Moore could be a potential dark horse for this Rangers job even though I don't think it ultimately comes to come to pass. But interesting to say, say the least, because it's very weird that someone would text Elliot that even he said that it was like very cryptic. And he's like, uh, you know, I don't, I haven't gotten further substantiation on that, but they must know something that I don't, you know, so we'll see. Yeah, no, I, and you know, I cannot wait until, you know, the Rangers start making moves in terms of coaches and real rumors get out there. And, and, you know, the Rangers ultimately make a decision because I do think, I do think uh, the Rangers are going to be m- making some big moves during this offseason. I think it's a must. You know, uh, unfortunately, players that we kind of fell in love with this year, like Buchnevich, will be gone. And, and I think that first round pick overall will be gone. And uh, not first overall, but the first round pick uh, will be gone. And obviously, we'll, we'll have a new coaching staff. And, and there'll be a lot to talk about. But for right now, it's just kind of a waiting game. And, uh, you know, obviously, we uh, wish you know Adam Fox the best, and hopefully, he gets a Norris Trophy, and the Rangers get themselves a new coach, and a lot to look forward to, Andy. So, uh, but I have some sushi waiting for me that I'm gonna uh, devour. So, uh, any final words before we uh, sign off here? Uh, yeah, just be be careful with the amount of wasabi you mix in with your uh, your soy sauce. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>